Front row and center, the Carolina Outdoors is alive and well. We're glad that you're joining in in this club that comes in weekly and breaks down four different segments for your Carolina Outdoor ears to hear. I'm Bill Barty, sitting alongside Mr. Wes Lawson. Wes, how are we? Man, that music is good. Yeah, well, that's right. That's Rolling either deep now. <laughs> waking you up or putting you to sleep, either which way that you're listening to the Carolina Outdoors. Of course, via the airwaves of WBT Radio up and down the eastern seaboard early on a Saturday morning, as well as the digitally conscious who are listening to us via podcast. Just type in Carolina Outdoors, subscribe, review. It helps other people tune in and listen a little bit. And we're going to kick off this program by talking about what we talk about, the Carolina outdoors. We're going to delve into a few different regions of the Carolinas. But as we start up, many of you um, know that for many people out there in the Carolinas, spring break has occurred. And that means a lot of people head for the mountains of North Carolina, but a whole lot of other people head for the coastal cities and towns of South Carolina. And uh, we're going to bring on Wes to talk to us a little bit about the commute um, heading down to coastal South Carolina because you were able to spend a little bit of time yeah. down there. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we tend to try to make a little escape down to the Charleston area, Isle of Palms, places like that whenever we can. And, you know, I-26 is not getting any wider and more and more people are heading down there. So do think about leaving a little bit earlier and even though your GPS will tell you one thing, always think about having a uh, a bailout route. Uh, if you're on 26, jumping over to 176 because of traffic or accidents or transfer trucks or whatever will save you some headache if you're like me and you always want to feel like you're at least getting somewhere. So do you use any technology or software up to help you figure out the best route if 26 is clogged up? Does that, uh, or do you just know the back roads and know that there are options? A little bit of both. You know, I think uh, Google Maps and Apple Maps and Waze and things like that are all really helpful, but they do have their limitations. Uh, and I'm, I am really averse to messing with technology when I'm driving. So it comes down to what the passenger is comfortable with, if that's my wife or son or anybody else. I don't like to mess with stuff when I'm driving. It's just there's too much at stake. And even in stop-and-go traffic, I don't trust whoever else is around me or my brake foot, so I tend to leave it off of that. If I know I need to, to, to jump off, if you're on 26 eastbound heading to the coast, pretty much any exit and then make a left like you're going to go north <laughs> is going to get you to 176, and you can take that through towns like Cameron near Orangeburg, and it's basically going to end near Monk's Corner. And once you're there, you can find where you're going reasonably easy. You could yeah. sniff out the salt water from there. Yeah, you'll smell the pluff mud in no time. And it's, you know, the, the one thing about those side roads is you know, don't speed, and you know, you're going to be a long way between services. So you know, restrooms, gas, food, it's not quite as easily uh, marked as it is on the interstate. But uh, the big thing would be uh, maintain a safe and legal speed because the deputies are out in force looking for you in those cases. And that's okay. They want to keep their communities safe as well. But, you know, those transfer trucks, you know, it's always good when the economy is strong and you see a lot of transfer trucks on the road. But those um, those container trucks, give them some space. Sometimes those tires are a little less than ideal. and You don't want to be the one who hits one of those alligator tires on the highway. It is not fun. I've done it. Uh, and it's a pretty quick way to check your pulse and maybe think about changing into some clean underwear. 
Well, the other thing is uh, you're able to get off that interstate and enjoy uh, the towns that you mentioned yeah. and the highways, the historic highways of the Carolinas. And if you're heading where you're talking about, from this area, you can uh, enjoy Highway 321 yep. and then jump on 172 and make your way, of course, east to the South Carolina coast. We're going to come back and yeah. investigate some of that saltwater experience that you had down there. But at this time, we're going to talk about a small town in North Carolina um, or a past small town in North Carolina to the west. We're going to go to where Stone Mountain, North Carolina was. You would know it now as Stone Mountain State Park. And it's got uh, uh, several creeks in it that flow into the east prong of the Roaring River, which is a well-stocked trout stream um, up there. There are five other creeks that pour into that one, Garden Widows, Rich Mountain, and Big Sandy Creek. But right now in the Carolina outdoors, we're going to hone in on Bullhead Creek. And by doing so, we're going to bring on author and adventurer and lecturer Sam R. Johnson onto the program. He's got the book Fly Fishing the Blue Ridge Parkway, but he's also going to help us break down this Bullhead Creek. Sam, welcome to the Carolina Outdoors. Well, thank you very much, Bill. It's great to be with you today. Well, we always love talking to you because we always learn something from you. And right now we're going to talk about Bullhead Creek. And for our listeners out there, Bullhead Creek was, uh, well, in the Stone Mountain community of North Carolina before the state park existed. Um, it came about in the in the late 1960s. That was a private trophy trout stream bullhead creek with the old european style beats and we're going to find out sam from you what a beat is that you would sign in reserve your spot on the beat and pay a fee it was like that privately and then once 1969 came about um the way the story is told is bullhead creek was deeded over to the state with the understanding that it would continue to operate um, as a trophy trout stream that you still signed in and paid a little bit of extra money to be able to fish. Um, we're going to find out about the 2021 version of Bullhead Creek, but Sam, give us the breakdown of Bullhead, um, the historical view of this very special creek in the North Carolina trout water system. Well, Bill, you're 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 really correct. Uh, Bullhead has quite a quite a history, uh, a very interesting history that very few other rivers or streams uh, up and down the Appalachians will have. Um, first and and foremost, uh, you know, it it being there uh, in Stone Mountain State Park in a thirteen thousand five hundred acre park. Um, much of it designated a national natural landmark back in, I believe it was 1975. Um, you know, it's bounded by the north by, by the Blue Ridge Parkway and to the west by Thurman Chatham Game Lands and Dalton Park. Um, but the, the key feature for all those, those of us who are trout fishermen is that in that park, there's 17 miles of trout stream off which about right at four miles uh, is represented by Bullhead Creek, or roughly 25%. So if you're on Bullhead, you're on one of the larger watersheds, and you're in about 25% of all the water, you know, that, that that's in the park. So just 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 its location coming off of the parkway and flowing down to Stone Mountain uh, is 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 quite a 
is quite a neat thing. Um, another interesting aspect to me that's always fascinated me about about the bullhead is that at one time back in 1960, between in the 60s and 70s, at mile 234 on the Blue Ridge Parkway, which is right at the headwaters of of Bullhead, between Mahogany Rock and Scott Ridge, there was a there was a, a cable car ride uh, that claimed to be the longest span single span cable car in the world, uh, and it was, it was right at 3,784 feet long, almost eight tenths of a mile. And so in, you, you could have been fishing in the headwaters. You could have been on Horse Cove, Cove Creek, the upper headwater of Bullhead, and looked up, and four or 500 feet over you would have been cable cars going back and forth, and people yeah. dropping popcorn on you and you know, <laughs> spilling their drink on you. So. Maybe chumming up, anyway. chumming up some trout that way with the popcorn. But, Sam, was that an amusement ride? I mean, was that a... Uh... Was that there for tourists to to come and and get on the cable car, or was it for another purpose? No, it was it was put there by a guy, an entrepreneur by the name of Worth Folger, um, and he he created a company called the Mahogany Rock Recreation and Land Development Project uh, in in the early '60s, and and he 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 operated. This was a European gondola ride brought over and assembled from switzerland or somewhere over there and um it was set up as a tourist attraction uh the, and it was successful it, it, in fact it, it became too successful uh it caused huge uh traffic jams on the blue ridge parkway um a lot of the um a lot of the um he, he developed a a, a residential area around it that that at the time it was sold to the Nature Conservancy. Uh, I think there were six or seven houses that had been built, and so um, there it really had three things against it. Number one, he couldn't put up any billboards or signage uh-huh. on the parkway to direct people to parking and you know and, and things like that. So people would just park on the parkway and cause traffic jams. Uh, the second issue is that. He built it as you could, when you're riding it, you could look down, you know, eight miles below you and see uh, Stone Mountain State Park. Well, much of the time it was foggy and people couldn't do that. Um, and so the third thing, of course, just being the, the, the really bad parking. And so he finally uh, saw that, you know what, sooner or later they're going to get me. And uh, so I'm going I'm to sell this thing to the Nature Conservancy. And he sold 250 acres uh, for $10 and other considerations, uh, as the deed said. The Park <laughs> right. Service bought it, and then Stone Mountain was, was deeded part of it, and they divided it up. And But there was actually a, a cable car on the Blue Ridge Parkway that right over the headwaters of, of Bullhead Creek. And, and then, of course— Sam, I'm going to jump in there because I want to. We're going to take a quick break, and and we're going to come back and find out about this Bullhead Creek, where the name came from, its current 2021 designation, and what happened to that trophy trout water from the past. Our guest, Sam Johnson, he is the author of Fly Fishing the Blue Ridge Parkway, the North Carolina section, and you're listening to Wes Lawson and Bill Barty on the Carolina Outdoors. <laughs> 